0: Welcome to Secure Podcast, where I have curated a safe space for community-building, self-exploration, and multidimensional evolution. We go through life learning how not to make the same mistakes again, how to feel better, be better, and oftentimes we look to celebrities and influencers for leadership. All the while, there are people in our own communities that could offer us personal support and relatable connections. I'm here to bring out the gems in our networks and bring you to your safe space. I invite you to hang out and connect. This series called Break in Case of Postpartum, the series, will include a lot of content around very delicate topics within postpartum depression, anxiety, trauma, topics such as resurfacing trauma from childhood experiences, intrusive thoughts, suicidal ideations, and many other topics that might trigger some listeners. With that being said, I want to urge the listeners to seek out professional help and professional support if they feel like they are in need of it. Postpartum depression and anxiety are very serious and and require professional support and professional help. Hello everyone and welcome back to Secure Podcast. Today we will be sharing space with Elvie Pacheco-Garcia. She will be joining us on a conversation about her postpartum experience. But before we get there, I want to catch up with you guys for a little bit and fill you in on what's going on. It's been a very busy couple of years because I had my son was turning two and I had a lot of big things happen in my life I got engaged uh, moved in with my partner had my son so many big things and wonderful experiences that have been taking place in my life recently one of the biggest experiences that I had recently was being diagnosed with postpartum depression and PTSD. Which is why I'm here today and why I'm recording this. I'm feeling more capable of being present with him and taking in his milestones. And this wasn't always the case for me, especially not during the first few months of being his mom. I've talked briefly about experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety on my social media. It's played a very large and demanding role in my life since becoming a mother. Our bodies tend to take the brunt of our traumas. Whether we healed or not, it's all stored in our physical body. There's something about being in a raw and vulnerable state emotionally and mentally that can open you up to the memories feelings and pain that you've suppressed there in that raw place feelings from years ago can come back and suddenly claim an unfinished process memories come back demanding you really see them pain comes in to finish its grieving process it can look many different ways I had emotional grievances about my parents come up and show me how easily I could be angered by their opinions regarding my choices. I felt like they were constantly hurting my feelings. Having to face this feeling again as a new mom with an unbalanced hormonal and emotional mind was so draining. It required most of my battery and would leave me depleted when it came time to be with my son and partner. I had practically nothing left to offer them, and it was a cycle for a couple of months until I started implementing self-care practices that my therapist recommended. I felt an immediate fog fall over me after birthing my son. At first, I wasn't even sure what I was feeling because of the lack of sleep, The lack of sleep was impacting my ability to function, so it was hard to differentiate what was coming from where. It started showing up in me, in my reactions to comments that my mom would make about how to care for my son. I would feel like I wasn't doing things the right way. I would also feel like I needed her approval emotionally. I wanted her to see that I could be a great mom. She was doing her best to change her communication style once I was honest with her about how I felt, but it took a while to get to that point. Then when I started working with my dad, I started having big reactions to his behaviors and comments that made me feel like he wasn't proud of me or like I wasn't a priority for him. He too made an effort to be more aware of how he was communicating with me after I opened up to him too. I'm grateful now as I look back at those months and I'm grateful for my parents openness and willingness in love that brought them to a place of awareness I'm grateful I found help during that time and I was able to move through that heaviness I was living every day in survival mode and it took a therapist to help me realize what was happening and how to move through it I took a lot of communication on my part. My partner bared the brunt of my emotional waves as he helped me when I felt unlovable. He held me when I felt like I was drowning and he continues to do so. And nobody would have known how to help me if I wouldn't have opened up about my struggles. And nobody would have been able to help me if I hadn't vocalized what I needed. It was hard and I cried a lot. I was held a lot and I felt disconnected from reality a lot. I felt overwhelmed with intense emotions and like I would never feel better, but I had help and so much support and now I want everyone to feel that too. In retrospect, I realized that all of that was the healing of yourself, right? The healing of that little girl. And in order for you... It's like your body does this on purpose, right? And I'm talking about emotional body and physical body because our emotional body does the same thing that our physical body does with unprocessed emotions, just like our physical body does with foreign objects, right? So our physical body pushes things out that don't belong in our body or that are hindering us from being healthy or surviving right to our body it's just about survival and I feel like our emotional body is very much the same and it will push up emotions that are taking up space that your emotional body needs for something else and when you come into this like birthing process right not even taking into account before you give birth but like birthing process and then your postpartum process Things start coming up because suddenly your child needs emotional space in your body and their existence and how that shifts things for your life needs space in your emotional body. It's like our body, our emotional body is pushing these things up for us so that we can hurry up and process them and heal them (laughs) so that we can not only survive, but be in a healthy right? Emotional body.
1: I think what's, you know, really coming up for me as you were you were talking is that how important that connection to our mother is, and it really is the foundation of our relationship to self, right? And that's where self-love and self-care, um, stems from. Um, and so I think what is interesting about um, this postpartum journey is that I intentionally did a lot of the healing work before, um, you know, before pregnancy, right? And, and even going into, into pregnancy, knowing that I wanted to be, you know, the best mother possible and have the capacity and space to love um you know, a a little being, knowing that it it was up to me to ensure that she, you know, my daughter would grow um, into a loving family, feel confident about herself, right, and and not repeat certain, um, I guess, generational ways of being, right, and thinking. Um, And also kudos to you know, my mother for doing her own healing work. And so what was interesting is that we were both simultaneously doing healing work and acknowledging, um, you know, certain I guess, attributes that, you know, really disconnected us. And I think for me, my inner child, I would call it more inner adolescence. And I think that's where a lot of the the anger, the frustration, the, the lack of not being good enough um, came about, um, and you know, and, and it took me by surprise. And and I realized that you know, with postpartum, the healing journey is like ongoing, right? It's ebbs and flows. Um, and so I think with with my mother knowing that, you know. I didn't feel I had to be a certain way, right? But I think it just took me by surprise and it just frustrated the fact that um, you know, all of these, you know, wounds that I thought I had healed were just all of a sudden resurfacing. And I was questioning like why. And um and I, I really felt like it robbed me from my um connection with my baby during that time because everything was happening so fast and and I don't know if that was your experience Jacqueline where you know everybody prepares us for the pregnancy prepares us for you know the delivery but nobody talks to us or prepares us to what happens after we deliver the baby right um and all I was told oh you know just rest up um sleep and 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 don't worry about anything else but it just felt like I got you know punched in the face (laughs) it's like go 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 um and trying to just acclimate into like I have a human being I just went through this most traumatic you know delivery and now I have to take on this I knew identity that I have no idea right um who she is as a mother or you know what she's capable of and let's add on on top of that lack of sleep
0: so yeah 100% I felt that same thing The the resurface pain you said the resurfaced pain robbed me from my experience with my baby and I felt the same the same thing I actually reflect now that I feel like I've come fully outside of that like cloud of that that like buzz that you because you really feel like it's For me, it felt like a cloud, like I was there, but I wasn't there. And I was trying, it was like Mm -hmm. I was split and having to process all these things daily, like daily things that would come up and trigger me. And the same confusion as to like, oh my God, I, I thought that this was something that I had let go of. I thought this was something I had released. And it's crazy because you're so you get so absorbed because it's it feels overwhelming it feels overwhelming to have to rehash because it feels like you have to rehash something and it feels so raw right and you're you said that you (laughs) you worked on that before like you were working on that you had gone through your healing process but even with that right talk let's talk about how Or let's just note the fact that the healing process is like a lifelong thing, right? So even that, I feel like it's good to remind ourselves that even though we quote unquote worked on this before, it doesn't mean that it was removed from our experience, right? Or our emotional um, footprint was changed. It wasn't, maybe it's something that we change our perspective or it's something that we change the way that we uh, process the emotions that we felt at that time and we have an explanation now as adults that makes sense but it doesn't mean that that goes away or that we we're supposed to just not feel anything anymore right but but I think that we kind of think that because we want to move on we want to move on with our lives and we want to have this that quote unquote healthy relationship with our mothers or our fathers or whoever it is that we're working through but now going back to like feeling, the, being robbed, I feel like the first couple of months with my son, I feel like I didn't even experience them. Like I don't remember a lot of it. I feel like it was a whirlwind. Like I was just going Ooh, through yeah, the motions. I, the <laughs> I got I got goosebumps because it's sad. It's it makes me sad to think about that, or I look back at pictures, and I remember. That it happened, but I don't remember being in the moment and feeling connected to my baby because I was so overwhelmed with everything else. And now I can feel, oh, this is what it feels to be connected to my son because I've now I've been able to remove that from like from my emotional body. I've been able to clear up emotional space Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to bring in my son and his emotional needs. And it's so sad to me that I couldn't control that. That I couldn't make room for him because all of this stuff came up. Right? And it makes me think, like, do we have any control over that? Or how? How could we have controlled that? Or what is something? Because I was thinking, like, I would love to talk about what is something that I would tell myself. Right? Or what will I tell myself if I have another baby? Or what Man. would I tell someone who's going through this? And I couldn't think of what I could say to myself that would help me in that moment because it was so raw and it was it felt like almost like animalistic. Like your body took over and it's like yeah. you have to go through this. And you're clawing and screaming that you don't want, you don't wanna feel that way. <laughs> right? And like that sucks to to tell someone, like, well, yeah, if you do I mean, go through it, it's gonna be shitty. Like I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: I mean, I you know, honestly, anybody that, that has asked me, I always say I'm gonna keep it real with you. Like, like, you know, there are moments that this sucks. Like I you know, don't feel like myself. I don't know when I'm going to feel like myself, you know, and that was at the time, you know, as I was conversating with with certain people. And, um, you know, but I, I also want to offer that, you know, to answer your question, I think I would say, look at it as an opportunity, as a do-over, right? And so it's a do-over to first make amends to what hurt you, right? and a do-over as an opportunity to kind of reparent yourself and, and be able to like let go of those suppressed emotions, feel them um, in order to expand and grow into, you know, the woman that you're becoming. And I think that's what motherhood is about. Motherhood cracks you open to the point where you have no control of what's happening and you're trying to hold on to the best of your ability to the past version of yourself of who you were, who you thought you were like, yes, I, I, I am who I am. This is a person I'm always going to be right. But you know, the universe has something else in store with you. And I think it's a beautiful process. And at the moment, I didn't really see it in that way. I'm, I'm starting to feel and see it, you know, in that way now, after like, coming out of that fog right that we all that we all go through um and so that's what i would like say to other women but i would i would keep it real though like it's just it you need a village of people to support you um and you really can't do this on your own and then and on top of that i think there has to be more conversations with um you know your partner um your significant other if they're going through the journey with you because Mm -hmm not only are you making space for this new little baby, but you're also making space for your partner because they're also in transition and they're probably um, in shock and on a different level, right? Not as what we as women have gone through, but on a whole different level, you know, emotionally, um, even mentally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was big too. Um, Because it's, I mean, yeah, you're going through your fog, right? And and feelings that are coming up for you. And I'll, I'm going to come back to the partner part, but it feels like when you give birth, it's like a also a rebirth of you, right? Mm-hmm. So you're giving birth to your child, but you're also giving birth to your mother self. And both of them are babies, and you have to get to know both of them. And it's, it's, you talked about like who you were, right? And it's like, if at that point you didn't have the opportunity to fully get to know yourself or for whatever reason, you felt like you didn't even really know who you were yet. And now you have to let that go and get to know this new version of you. And there's so much release right? And surrendering that is required to do that. And that made me think about it when you said I would tell them that, that they just have to let it go, right? You said like, you just have to move through it. You just have to let it move through you, something like that. And yeah, because it's a sense, It's a, it's a lesson in surrendering, like surrendering whoever you got to be up to this point. And being willing to start all over with your baby and yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: And it it brings me back to this, like, that that initial um, fog that we experience is trying to tear away from that old version of you. And it's kind of like going through a bad breakup right or going through like a toxic breakup <laughs> It's like i love this person so much but they're just they just don't fit me anymore
1: yeah, um, we outgrew that person we have to become someone else um in order to you know care for our babies and and care for ourselves and i look at it as like it's another level of being right another level of being that we've tapped into um And it's just a reminder that, you know, sometimes we're so evacuated with, like, transformation. But transformation, right, of self is very painful, right? And so I think this is just part of that journey.
0: And I want to also go a little bit deeper and and share that this, for me, what it actually looked like, right? We're talking about what it felt like. We're talking about what the general idea of it was. But for the day-to-day that it looked like for me was being triggered, triggered easily by like my parents been being triggered easily by my siblings, being triggered easily by my, uh, my partner, right. By anyone and everyone. And, um, what happens is that it kind of, it, it was like my reflex or my, my natural instinct was to go inward because I was fighting, everyone everything was triggering something that needed to be released or needed to be healed or needed to just be let go of so i start going inward and that was that was a huge mistake because it 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 took time from me um that i needed with people that i needed with family and what when i came out of that i i came out of that isolation and i started talking to my parents about it to my my brothers, and and I was honest, like, hey, I'm in therapy for this. What you did made me upset because it made me feel this, and that is connected to this. And when I started connecting those dots for them, it really got uncomfortable for everyone. It got very uncomfortable. It got really raw for everyone because now everyone is a part of what the work is that I was doing, And I felt raw because they were seeing me cry and angry and all of that. But so it was like lashing out, crying, isolation. And then when I turned that around and I started sharing and being and explaining to them and apologizing right after I had whatever, a meltdown or whatever, and then coming back and apologizing for anything that I had done that maybe was out of line. And then taking responsibility for that. It opened up a, an opportunity to have a conversation. And this is from a family that does not do therapy. This is from, I'm a first generation and we don't do therapy, right? So I'm the one that started therapy in my family. Then I got my brother into it. And and now because of this postpartum journey, postpartum journey it's become an open subject. And mm. I think that that's important for people to realize that, it's it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Especially if you're in that dynamic of a family, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I think that it's it's an important part to be honest with the people around you. And my partner, too, I had to be honest with him. And, you know, and, and in order for everyone to help me create a safe bubble to process and heal through, um, and, ex- and for them to learn how to show up for me as this me, because that part was big too, right? You're, you're learning about yourself, but you also have to teach them now as who I am now, this
1: is what, what I, I need from you. Yeah.
0: And absolutely. that might not make sense. Yeah,
1: after that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that part is, it's hard when you get to that part, then you start getting a sense of power back. And yeah. that's when you start building yourself up.
1: Yeah. And when you start addressing it. your needs, right? Um, mm-hmm. Telling people, this is what I need. Um, this is what I need from you, right? Um, yeah, it's such a powerful process, right? Yeah.
0: And then for, we're talking about partners. What was something that, that worked for you? What was something that helped you and your partner or you and your family, um find a bridge to meet this new version of you? Like, how were you able to get out of that, that daze?
1: Yeah, well, um, well, one part is that, you know, my um, my immediate family, like my mom, my dad, and my sisters that um, luckily, like I said, you know, I started this this healing journey before even getting pregnant. And um, collectively as a family, we've all um, had gotten, into therapy individually, right? And so, um, there was that you know that wokeness, that awareness of of connection. And so, it for me it was fairly easy in the sense that I knew that I they can be there for me, and and they were both my parents and my sisters. What was hard was that they didn't really understand the turmoil of what postpartum you know really was, but all they can do is just hold hold space for me. I think the opposite for you know my husband, um, everything was new for him um, as, as much as it was new for me. And I think that for him, he was probably, you no, know, I know he was probably keeping everything that he was feeling and seeing and observing inside. And at one point when we had a discussion I know that he would bring up, you know, like I just feel like I can't bring this up because I don't know what version of you I'm going to get, right? I don't know if it's going, you know, to trigger you and um you know, I was thankful that he told me that because yeah, I mean he was absolutely right. I was like, yeah. it's almost like when you're going through this transformation, you're trying on like all these different personalities, perspectives, right? All of these emotions. It's like a teenager, right? You're going through puberty. And yeah, he wouldn't I I would be one day I would be like, Oh, I'm I'm fine, I'm calm. The next day I'm like on the floor crying and then upset because you know, he said something or he didn't respond right away or like, you know what I mean? So, um, that was, that was interesting. And I think what really worked, um, for us was at least for me, I I had asked, Hey, like on Sundays, let's just do check-ins, right? Whatever it is. If it's, if we had a great week, great, we can check in on how that week went If we had a terrible week, great. It's an opportunity to just talk about, right? And I always wanted to just like check in with one another. I think that worked. The other thing that really worked was my understanding that it is not my responsibility, right? To try to also heal his emotions and his perspectives and his journey into this um, transformation of being a father, right? And so not owning it really helped, at least me, um, because I didn't have that responsibility. Like being an older sister, first, you know, first gen, um, you know, I I, I grown up with this responsibility of having to take others. And so just giving myself that permission that this this is not my journey of healing, you know, him, I have to just take care of myself. And what did that look like for you? So I think it was just um, conversation and about, Hey, you know this isn't working out for me, right? And so, like one of the things was that um, we all know as newborns, like our babies cry, you know, every hour, two hours, right? And at a certain point, we were both getting up that wasn't working out, um, and so I just needed to be more vocal of, you know, this is this is what I need, um, and also of like other things. I and mean, he was pretty good about that. I got I got to give him a shout out for that. Where. Um, You know, taking on like the household stuff, right? I, and that was like, that was huge, you know, for me. But I think also like a a boundary for me was, um, and and it usually happened when we were both very, very sleep deprived, Uh Um, when we have no tolerance (laughs) for anything, right? So we were very snippy. Yeah. So, you know, just just putting a boundary, knowing like, hey, you know, like, I don't really like how you responded to that, you know. And so just do you need time? Right. And so let me let me just give you that time um, was one of the boundaries.
0: Yeah, those are good. Thank you for sharing those. Elvi Pacheco Garcia is a leadership and life coach for women. She is out here helping women become powerful leaders by challenging societal rules and mindset blocks that keep them small. You can reach her on Instagram at coachingwithlv or via email at coachingwithelvie at gmail.com for any of your coaching needs. Remember that your community is filled with power, magic, and support. All you have to do to access it is reach out yes there's so much emotional so much generational so much social but there's
1: there's so much biological
0: yeah like a lot of it is is crazy out of your control so the hormones i couldn't
1: control it and i kept telling myself like why can i like what's happening
0: (laughs) you've never felt so out of control until you're you until you're postpartum pissed like triple p right (laughs) Not pure pinche party, no postpartum no. piss like that. Shit is another <laughs> level. Oh man, um, and also it really humbles you to see that that you have a lot of stuff that you still need to work on. Also, yeah. you know, because it's like it's easy for us to sit here and talk about it like we're these really, or for me, at least, like, I'm such a lady, like, no, I had some really Hulk moments, you know, and (laughs) ugly moments and moments that, you know, (laughs)
1: there's nothing pretty about postpartum, right? Nothing. Mm -hmm. And so you're absolutely right. It, it really humbles you because honestly, I think about it, like nobody, anybody that is, gives birth is all going to go through some type of postpartum turmoil, right? If it's not the recovery phase, right? If it's postpartum depression um or baby blues, right? It is coming and it's coming full force, right? Without a warning sign.
0: Yeah. That that was one of the things that I thought about a lot. Right? Cuz you're sitting and you're like mess or your muck or you're just like not feeling the best or I mean you're in your on the floor crying moment right and you start thinking like is everyone feeling like this because it feels so unreal like it feels like yeah. a me problem it feels like I'm missing a screw and I think that's a legitimate question right because there is talk about postpartum but I'm I think that it, all of or most of the talk I think we try not to trigger trigger other people we try not to overshare there's there's so many things that might um limit what we talk about so I don't think we always really share all the ugly right like I have some family members that will say that they've never felt that and it makes me think like really never like nothing because if it's biological right because your hormones are everywhere Mm -hmm. how do you not feel anything or is that you know and this is i hope it's not judgy or anything but is that a lack of self-awareness or a lack of connection with your emotional state right or like what could this is something that i want to talk about with the the, the therapist um to add mm-hmm. into this but is it real like do does everyone go through a postpartum depression or anxiety or some sort of, like, hormonal, you know, thing? Or are there women that really just give birth and are fine?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, and I think, like, to go back to your, to your answer that you said you asked, um, or your comment that you asked some family members if they've gone through this, um, you know, I, I similarly got, a similar, like, a response where... As I was talking about it, you know, a family member just mentioned like they, you know, that didn't exist. You know, when like postpartum right. did not exist, right? Um, when they gave birth, right, and and didn't know how to connect, right? And so sometimes it, it it dawned on me that maybe it has been there, but women were conditioned, right, to be to be strong, to push through, right, and just. Whatever it is that you're feeling, you need to suppress it because you are now taking care of this little one, you know, and you right. gotta put yourself last, right? Right. Um, that's which is why we have so much generational trauma that we carry on, um, right. generation after generation, right?
0: I was talking about this with my with my mom, and and she had made a comment about how she recognized now that she was depressed um, after she had my younger brother, and, and, yeah, and and it was a really deep conversation to have, like, yeah, mom, you, you know, it was like, she sat in the darkness, like, all the windows were closed, the house was dark, she was in the room, and it was depression, she wouldn't talk about that with friends, and, like, that conversation wasn't something that she had until, now and looking back and saying well yeah I was depressed or yeah I think I had postpartum depression And, and I think it's fair to say that they didn't have access to that information or they weren't given a space to explore explore that right before this episode is over I want to remind you that your reviews matter Please take some time to submit yours after this episode. If you enjoyed Secure Podcasts, make sure you subscribe and follow on Instagram. Can we talk
1: about
0: how you would write letters to your daughter?
1: So, um, one of the, I guess, um tools and mechanisms I used during postpartum um, depression was a lot of writing and journaling. And, um, and it would, it could either, you know, for me, it was just whatever I had within reach. So sometimes it was just my phone and I would just write notes, um, you know, in in the notes section, um, and, or would leave myself like a, a voice memo. But I started writing, um, letters to my daughter, um, And I'm still considering, like, the goal was, A, to be able to write in real time what was I feeling and going through, um, and also with hoping one day I get to share that with her. Um, So as she goes through, you know, if, you know, if if she decides to, you know, have a child, and as she goes through that process, right, she'll have these letters for her, to read right and and for her to not feel that she that she's alone um and that it's normal and that you know her you know her mother and I uh, went through it so I'll share a letter um that I wrote to her and it goes like this um my dearest maya i write this letter on sunday july 31st 2022 at 8:46 p.m. I am sitting in what will be your playroom in our humble condo in the city of North Hollywood. I am writing you this letter during an anxious and emotional release. Today hasn't been easy for me emotionally and mentally. My postpartum journey has made me face my deepest anger that I have suppressed and forgotten about. I thank you for this opportunity because you came to bring out the parts of me that still need healing to continue my spiritual journey And ultimately be the best mother for you. I feel lonely partly because I don't know how to describe the turbulence within me. I miss the old me. I miss the connection with myself. I miss the connection with your father. When I birthed you, I birthed another woman as well. A woman I don't know yet, but I bet she's amazing because you chose her to be your mother. So my Maya, I thank you for being my biggest blessing, lesson, and the love of my life. Love your mother lb
0: i love that that's beautiful thank you for sharing that
1: thank you it's getting a little emotional there but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: being very vulnerable in this moment
0: yeah i think that's a beautiful that's a beautiful gift to give to your daughter one day right because it normalizes that that experience And whether she experiences that because she chose to have a baby or she experiences that because she's just growing into a different version of herself as well. I think that being able to have something to look back on and say like, wow, this is normal because my mom went through it. I think that's such an empowering tool to have that I think that if we would have had, well, if I would have had it, I would have been so grateful for. And I think that that came from a place of love and that it's going to translate no matter when she, you know, opens that up and reads that. For those of you who are in search of meal prep services, look no further. Check out Excellent Nutrition online at excellentnutrition.com and Instagram excellent nutrition offers juices and detox monthly rotating menus meal plans that you can purchase in packages of 5 10 15 and 21 meals these are great if you're looking into just making sure that you prep your week ahead of time or if you are postpartum and are trying to look for a smart and easy way to take care of your meals so that you don't have to think about it either way and everything in between I really highly recommend recommend excellent nutrition for your meal prepping needs make sure you check them out everyone comes out of it at a different time i still have friends that are that still feel very much in the thick of it and um
1: their kids are a little older um some statistics that some women experience it well into the third year of of, of their child being born which is shocking right but no I, I've actually heard other women say that oh you know I, I experienced it when my child turned two or when my child turned three right and so it makes me also wonder that you know will this you know how you and I are feeling like we're coming out of the fog will something retrigger trigger us right along the way um and so uh, I'm be, sure I hope not right or if it does i'm sure we'll have more feel more capacitated and be like no it's we're not going back i'm
0: you know? sure it will i think the same way that things came up in postpartum right because of a big life change i think that life big yeah. life changes tend to bring up you know things that have been lying under the rug for a bit
1: yeah you
0: know it's just i think it's a natural part of our wanting to live our lives and wanting to move forward. And we tend to sweep things under the rug so we can deal with them later, Yeah. you know, in the name of enjoying the moment or being present (laughs) in the moment. It's such a, you know, it's such a tit for tat, um, this mental health journey because something always gets sacrificed no matter how you look at it.
1: Oh
0: yeah. So at the end, it's just, it really is, up to you how you navigate it and you it's touch and go and there really is no right way or wrong way. so I think that if anything whoever listens to these episodes I think that the biggest thing I want them to get from it is a sense of normalcy if you're not having conversations like this with other people in your life I hope that this conversation can fill that and you can have you know, your seat at this table and, and, um, feel like at least there's people who are being open or, or people that maybe sound like they went through something like you. Cause I'm sure there's people that are like, no, that mine was nothing like that. And it's like, you know, great. That's, that's great. Maybe there are people like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, and I just want to thank you for having, you know, this conversation um, and creating, you know, this space of, of healing and giving me the opportunity to tell my experience and my story. I think the more, like you said, that we talk about it and are able to um, share it, it, it's like a ripple effect of change within our community. And that's, you know, we want to normalize it. And I want you know my daughter to grow up and be like, yeah, like, I got this, right? And for anybody listening to this podcast episode, um, if you're going through it or if you are, you know, pregnant um, and and thinking about these things, I I just want to let you know that you're not alone. Um, You know, sending you a big, big, big hug. um, And we're all strong in our own, in our own ways, um, you know, surrender. And when you think that you're surrendering, surrender some more. Right. That was like my mantra. And I learned that from, um, Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if you ever read any of her books, like uh-huh. the universe has your back. Uh-uh. Um, but there's just this thing that she says when you think you're surrendering, surrender some more. Right. And that is so true. Cause when you think that, Oh, I'm, I'm good. Right. And something else comes along you're like, you gotta surrender some more. Um, and then for those that are pregnant, right? This is what I wish someone would have told me. Yes, it's going to suck, right? Everything that, you know, your doctor visits, everything is preparing you up to um, labor, right? But nothing prepares you for your postpartum. And so consider this, right? Ask yourself, what do you need in this stage of your life after you get postpartum? talk to your partner or whoever your village is going to be, um, what roles they need to take on, what you're going to need from them, um, and have some meal preps. I don't know if that's happening. Yes. (laughs) I I forget who told
0: me about the meal train. I didn't even know the meal train existed, right? That's on the, the whole nother level of, like, baby shower gifts a meal train or like yeah meal prepping cause that's the last thing
1: yeah Jeez. last thing you want to do is, is that um get a lot of sun if you're able to right um some yeah. fresh air and just know because when you're in it you feel like it's never gonna end right and let me tell you it does it doesn't happen overnight but it really does so sending out lots of love
0: and that concludes today's episode remember to leave a review to help secure podcasts reach more people and subscribe so you don't miss the next release i hope together we find community and ourselves every day but most of all i wish you happy evolving